Yes, sir. Uh, and what time did you say that was, my man? 5 p.m. Uh, EST. Eastern Beautiful. 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the uh, NFT Podium Content Creator Series. Uh, I am your host, the legendary Lord Lord. COVID is not going to stop me from doing this badass interview. I swear I will die doing this because I am committed to the craft of bringing you quality content. Um, I am so excited about the podium release that is happening next Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I'm going to make sure that my computer is uh, ready, clear, um, happy, excited, ready to go. I am pumped, stoked, and excited for this. Um, yeah, man, we've been uh, we've been doing quite a few weeks with this, uh, bringing up different um, content creators in the space. Uh, we've got to meet a lot of different people, YouTubers, podcasters, um, people who are just bringing together quality content in the NFT space. Um, and today we are very fortunate to be joined by the almighty Zeneca, who is the co-host of Two Board Apes with over 35 episodes out already, host of uh, Zeneca 33 and Friends, um, and uh, Zen Chats as well, and author and creative of How to Create an NFT Project, um, as well as uh, Zen Academy. Um, Zeneca, bro, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm glad to be here. Dude, thank you so much for taking time, man. Uh, um, we appreciate you so much. To, uh, I've got uh, I, I've got so much to ask you, but first off, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been a good week. It's been productive. Uh, getting stuff done. Yeah, it's just exciting. <laughs> it's an exciting time in this space. It always is. Bro, there's so many twists and turns, ups and downs. Uh, um, it, it is always an exciting time, rather that it, whether that's good or bad. Whenever it is, it, it's just an exciting time, man. Um, I have so many, so many questions for you, um, and I think I, I would like to start out. Um, by if you could please, uh, for some folks who might not already be aware, can you tell us a little bit about what Zen Academy is and kind of how that got started? Yeah, absolutely. So Zen Academy is a community, a platform, a project, a place. It's ultimately a place for anyone um, to come and learn about Web3 and NFTs. And it's a little more targeted at those who are newer to the space uh, because we, those of us who've been in the space for a while, or even who haven't been new to the space, we all know how just steep the learning curve is when it comes to NFTs and crypto and Web3. And we wanted to create a place where, you know, people could have like a softer landing, come and ask questions, find some basic information, glossary of terms, um, and just hang out and not sort of necessarily get drawn into like the hype and the speculation and the madness and the insanity that is ever prevalent in the space. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's what Zen Academy is. I had the idea for it back last year in June, July. Um, because I had started creating content and it was sort of resonating with people. And um, I, it, I I found it more rewarding personally to work on that rather than be flipping, which is what I was spending a lot of my time doing. Um, so I just wanted to do more of that. And then so that was the idea. And then you know, several months later, we, we launched. And, um, and another several months later, here we are. 
Bro, I have to I have to agree with you uh, so much on that front is that there is something so much more satisfying um, about creating something than there is about just flipping stuff, right? Um, and, and, and no hate against the flip game. I mean, hey, you know, uh, everybody wants to make a dollar, right? But if you can make a dollar uh, uh, being dedicated to your craft or, you know, make, make money and revenue through um, something that you enjoy doing, through something that you create and build, um, I don't know, man. They're just there's just some sense of huge satisfaction that comes out of that. Um, so I absolutely uh, share that with you. Um, and you you create so much so much content um, across several different platforms. Um, and I and I'm curious to know. Uh, you you started off, if I'm not mistaken, with. Um, the two board apes podcast. And I'm wondering if you can kind of give me a little backstory on, on how that came together. Yeah, actually I started a little bit before that, uh, with my newsletter. I think that was the first content that I really created in the NFT space. And that was because, um, I like writing. It's just like something I enjoy doing. And I also find that I learn better myself if I'm writing about a topic and, and sort of feel like I have to explain it to others because you have to research it and really understand something to be able to write about it. Um, and, you know, I was really excited about the NFT space and passionate about it. And um, it just seemed like, you know, a nice thing that I wanted to do. And then it, it obviously blew up beyond sort of any of my wildest dreams or imaginations. But that was like the starting point. And then maybe a month or two later came the Two Bot Apes podcast, which is a podcast that I, ho I co-host with my friend Jamie, We've been friends for over 15 years. Um, before crypto and NFTs, I was a professional poker player. He was a professional poker player. Um, and so we met through poker you know, back in 2006, I think, 2005. Um, and yeah, we've been friends a really long time. And at various points throughout our friendship, we've both like thought about the idea of hosting, like having our own podcast. Uh, like we're, we're both avid podcast listeners and, you know, both independently, he wanted to do one on his own on history, and I wanted to do mine on this, that, and then we never really had a great idea or reason to do one um, until NFTs, and like we were just talking about NFTs all day long. Um, we had bought our board ape uh, in, I want to say May last year, maybe early June, um, and obviously board apes were going bonkers all over Twitter, and everyone was talking about them, and then people were you know, creating derivatives from them. You know, artists were creating cool things. People were turning them into brands and, and you know, talking about creating coffee lines and, and merch and, and whiskey and, and, you know, using their IP. And we were like, well, we can't, we don't, we're not good at any, any of that, but we enjoy talking about NFTs. We want to launch a podcast. Let's just try it. Um, it'll be fun. And that's what we did. You know, we, I remember how ambitious we were and how naive we were. We had the idea on a, um, I think it was like a Wednesday, Thursday maybe, and we we're like, all right, so we'll just start recording and you know, we'll just put it out because we, we felt like this ape thing was like blowing up and we wanted to jump on the train. Um, and we're like, all right, we'll get it out by like Monday, right? And then, and then I think it was about six weeks later, we finally had episode one after we'd recorded it six times, uh, got new mics, got an audio engineer and all of the actual stuff that goes into launching a podcast. Um yeah, that's how that began. My God, it is a pain, man, especially that the audio engineering part. Uh, uh, you know, just the uh, 
the, even the hassle of let me convert it from an MP4 to an MP3 and then upload that MP3 to all of the the podcasting hosting services, um, it, it can be a, it can be a mess. Um, I'm curious to know, can you tell me more about the loyal listeners pass? What's that all about? Oh yeah, so that's just a really fun thing that we um, came up with. So, um, what have we done? We're done like 35, 37 episodes now, and Within Zen Academy, there's a channel called Two Board Apes, and that's basically where we chat to anyone that's like a, interested in the podcast, enjoys it, wants to chat with us, ask us questions. Um, and it was great up until October, November, when Zen Academy became sort of this closed Discord, gated behind a token. Um, and it didn't really dawn on us until um, our podcast manager Vitor said about a month ago, "Hey, you know, there's a lot of people who." I listening to the podcast. We'd probably love to be chatting about it, but they're not part of Zen Academy. They don't have access. Why don't we airdrop them an NFT that gets that they can use Collabland to verify and get access to the channel with? And so we were like, "Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Let's do that." So we just, um, you know, we mentioned on the show once or twice. We mentioned in the Discord for those who were there, as well as on our Twitter account. Anyone that's like paying attention and is wants to get one of these, send the ETH address in, and we collected them. Um, and then, yeah, Vitor had the art made up. It's this cool path with, like, our apes, and it's, like, this spinning logo thing, and it's got our theme music in the background. So just, honestly, I really love it. And, yeah, we just minted them on Polygon and airdropped them to, let's see, I think and originally, like, 1,100, and then I sent another 500 out a few days ago and there's another like a thousand people that, that want in so we're gonna yeah there's a bunch going out it's just it's just fun it's like using nfts you know just it's just a fun way yeah no i mean absolutely um really quick i know that there's people requesting to speak i promise you we will definitely get to you there'll definitely be a, a portion for that um and uh you'll you'll definitely have that ability um, I just want to make sure that we cover some of the, the major core things here and then we'll definitely open up the floor. Yes, dude, I love the idea of having an NFT to provide access. Um, I'll be launching my own NFT here soon. Um, and as part of that, uh, folks, the major utility it will hold is that folks will be able to kind of vote on uh, the direction the network takes and in regards to what shows we allow on or what times and guests and different things like that. So um, I love the way that uh, the NFT game is kind of changing uh, the way that um, uh, listeners or the audience gets to interact with the actual show or what types of controls they have or even just being able to, to jump into chat and ask questions or provide feedback or something like that. I just think it's an, an awesome way to do it. And I love the fact that you created it on Polygon and airdropped it to people so that they would have special access um, uh, to, your, to your Discord. And speaking of your Discord, um, you recently burned down, as you said it, your Zen Academy <laughs> Discord to the ground um, to build it back up. Um, why did you do that? And what, if any, impact did that have on your community? Yeah, so we... We had too many channels, basically. So Zen Academy, it was, um, which it was a double-edged sword. It had a lot of really great content, um, and there was a place to go to talk about almost anything you might have wanted to talk about. Um, however, it was cluttered. It was overwhelming, and I think, you know, especially for a newcomer, but even for, you know, 
myself and and people who have been in the space for a long time, you join a Discord that has 150 channels and you're scrolling through and it's like, well, where am I going to chat? Where's where's the general chat? And you're trying to, if you have to spend five seconds, 10 seconds trying to find the general chat, I think there's, there's, a, there's something wrong. And so I, yeah, I've just been having thoughts for a couple of weeks. And, and we had been noticing that the engagement was a little lower in the server and chat was like fragmented and it just, Honestly, to me, felt like Zen Academy was losing its soul a little bit. Like, I remember back in November, December, January, there was like this tight knit community that was magic. And then it just started getting just a little scattered and spread thin, both across um, all of the different channels we had, but then as well, just like from other servers, people were leaving it. And as, as people do, chatting in other servers. And then I was like, well, I just, I just want to. I just want to get rid of all this. Why don't we just have like two channels? Why don't we just have like, a general chat and an alpha chat. And then everyone can chat in there. If we want, we can use threads to organize a little bit. And honestly, I love threads. I know I put out a poll like three, four weeks ago just to gauge the community's thoughts on Discord threads. And I think 30% said they hated them. And like another 20% said like they didn't understand them or they didn't like them. And there weren't that many people. But then I, I just think maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with them or all that kind of stuff. And to me, the biggest difference is that threads are opt-in. So you have to opt-in to see a thread. Whereas channels are opt-out. If you don't see a channel, you have to mute it and still see the categories. And so to me, that just seemed cleaner. And then, yeah, I just last, I think it was last weekend, maybe a few days before that, I just, yeah, it was like, you know what? Um, actually, it was on a Friday because I remember um, uh, a month ago, I'm getting really sidetracked here, but a month ago, we uh, I made an announcement in Zen Academy saying, you know what, we're going to take weekends off at Zen Academy or like be on light mode because this space is so hectic and crazy. Um, I don't want to ask my staff uh, and the team at Zen Academy to work on weekends or expect anything from them. So just letting the community know that, you know, weekends, we're just going to be on light mode. We're not going to run as many events or if any, and then you know, questions might take a little longer to get answered. And that's great. I still stand by that and we do that. But then it was on Friday. I just like burnt the whole thing to the ground. And my team's like, uh, <laughs> people are going to have questions. So I, you know, that whole weekend I was around of just like answering questions and fixing things and um, adding things back in. Cause yeah, we, we literally, I, when I say burnt, I didn't actually like delete all the channels. I just hid them um, and, and re revoked the permissions so that no one else could see them. I still have them. Um, just in case it was a giant mistake and it's like, well, we want to bring it back. And um, also because there's great content in there and we want to use it and we want to bring it back in other forms. But um, yeah, we did that. We burnt it and, and there was literally two chat channels. Um, we've got a few more now, but um, I think there's five in total. And I, I'm just all about, it's honestly like spring cleaning. It's really cathartic to do that and cleanse it. And the reaction has been very positive. Like so many people are saying they love it have come out saying they, they didn't spend much time there. They're going to spend more time. And looking at the numbers as well, like Discord has these insights where you can track engagement stuff. And it's just, it's way up over the last couple of weeks. So um, obviously there's been a couple of people who are unhappy and preferred it the old way. And that's, that's always going to happen. You can never make everyone happy. Um, but I think most people, the most people are the most happy.
I love it, bro. And it seems like sometimes less is more. So, um, you know, having fewer channels kind of invites this uh, uh, ability for everyone to interact or congregate in, in one area. Um, and that does. It, it creates a little bit more of a, um, a lively feeling that there, that there is life. And I love the way that you um, likened it to uh, losing a piece of its soul. Um, and, and when you do that and you see that interaction, you, you feel that you feel that coming back. Um, so yeah, man, I'm glad I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes, um, and for the folks who, who probably didn't like it, I, I would say that, um, the, the head of any project sometimes has to make tough decisions and, um, and, and, and hopefully be able to act in, in a way that's going to better benefit the whole. Right. Um, and so it's just, uh, it's, it's one of those things that you, you, you felt like it was going to be a better change and it and seems to have worked out well for you. Um, so I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm, I'm happy it worked out as well. Like it very easily could not have, and we'd have to revert it. Um, and you know, one of my team members who I trust the most is was against it. And they thought that, um, you know, threads aren't ideal. And then with valid points, threads have issues, especially on mobile and with bots and stuff. But, um, yeah, so, but I was just, yeah, you know, I, I just, honestly, I was like, yo, Luke, let's just, let's just do it. Let's experiment. Let's try it. And, you know, worst case scenario, we revert back. I love it, bro. I'll always be willing to try to try something new. Um, I'm curious to know, how do you feel having a board ape has propelled your media career? And do you think that this would have been your path uh, had you not um, obtained a board ape? So that's a really good question, um, especially because the podcast is literally called Two Board Apes, and I don't know if I, we would have had a podcast if it wasn't for the Board Apes. Um, it certainly propelled things a lot at the beginning. Nowadays, I'm not sure that having an ape really adds any anything, and maybe it's the last like five, six months. That I'm not sure it's really added much of anything. There's tons of fantastic PFP projects and um, that I love and would love to have as my PFP and maybe one day will. Yeah. But the beginning, and, and honestly, that's the hardest and most important part. Like I had not many followers, maybe, I don't know, under a thousand, maybe three, four hundred. Um, and then I got my ape and everyone on Twitter was like, ape, follow ape. You know, if you have an ape PFP, we'll follow you. We'll engage with you. We'll chat with you. And it was just like this instant following of, and not just like bots, it's like these are people who are who bought an ape who are in the NFC community, who are really passionate about NFCs and we'll just it, it was like the quote unquote the community at the time that, that it was so much of the NFC space. Um and then from there like getting from a few hundred followers to like two and a half thousand is just the hardest part, you know. Obviously getting from two and a half thousand, ten thousand is hard and, and, and there's all sorts of struggles, but it's it it gets easier the more followers you have. And I think having an ape just and getting sort of to be part of that community back then, especially when it was, I guess, smaller and probably, I guess, tight, more tight knit as well. Um, it definitely propelled and helped things. Uh, and without it, I don't know, you know, where I'd be. Maybe I would have gotten a different PFP and be part of a different community and host a podcast called Two Cool Cats or something like that. But, um, yeah. Hard to know what uh, what might have been, but you still feel like it would have been uh, you. You would have still pursued a, a, a media journey in this space with or without it. 
I think so. Yeah. Like I, I had, um, I had already started my newsletter before getting an ape and I was really just into NFTs and really enjoying writing. Um, so, and, and one of the things that really honestly like, propelled and just like boomed my Twitter following, especially was that I started putting out like these daily stat updates of floor prices. Back in, I think during last year, um, this, this was, like, it just existed no tools for this at the moment. Like now you have dozens of websites, Flipstock Finance is great. And, you know, there's all sorts of analytics tools and stuff where you can go and even OpenSea has floor prices that they did back then. And so I started just putting together these Google Sheets, um, updating the floor price of like all of the main collections and, and updating them every single day and tweeting them out and just literally everyone in the NFT space enjoyed it and loved it and shared it and retweeted it and followed me. And then that just completely blew it up and, I don't know that having an ape um, really contributed in the decision making to that or to the blowing upness of that or anything like that. So, yeah, I think I still would have pursued content creation um, in one form or another. Maybe not podcasting, but yeah, it's hard to say. And speaking of um, Twitter following blowing up, you have over 200,000 followers on Twitter. Um, how did you cultivate such a large audience? And can you kind of take me through um, the process of what that looked like? I, I know that you mentioned that you were putting together these Excel sheets, but when did you start seeing that following kind of um, snowball and, and grow? And what are some of the Honestly, things that you? What, I apologize. And what are some of the things that you felt attributed to that? Yeah, it, it was honestly like just enormously in, just due to those spreadsheets that I was putting out. But if you take a step back, what is that? That's like providing value, something of value, some content that people like and appreciate and and want to share and want to retweet and feel like they're adding value to their timeline and, and like helping the people that are following them. Um, and I think that's probably like the most important part. If you want to grow a Twitter following, um, tweet things that people enjoy and find value from, whether it's content that's informative, informational, educational, um, or is, you know, funny. You could grow a following out of being a meme. Satoshi is a prime example of that. Um, or I guess you could be controversial and, and people engage with that. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a few ways, but to me, that's, just the, the way that I did it, I guess, is to create what I thought was valuable content. And it, it was largely due to the Twitter, um, the, Twitter the um, floor stats. And then I guess I started writing threads. So, like, I mean, again, I love writing. My newsletter was sort of taking off um, and people were resonating well with that. And then so I just started creating these long-form Twitter threads on various topics and, and they got shared quite a lot. And, um, yeah that's probably what contributed to it and just tweeting a lot consistently. Like I did those daily stats literally every single day for months and months and months. And, um, people came to, uh, rely on them and expect them and share them. And yeah, I think consistency and, and repetition are, uh, cannot be understated, overstated, cannot be overstated. Awesome, man. Um, and, and so that kind of, uh, uh, did you see, happen to see a huge exponential growth during any certain period of time? Um, I would say it was all kind of exponential. Like my Twitter account is a year old. Um, Jeez, man. That's impressive. That's super impressive, my man. It's, it's wild. It's 
honestly, like, a lot of it is just right place, right time. The whole space is blowing up. Um, I would say like September, October, November, December. So like the last few months of last year is really when it went from like, I don't know, 30, 40K to 150K in just a very short amount of time. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, bro. Um, with managing so many different shows and projects at once, what do you find to be some of the most challenging aspects of it? Oh. Oh, you're on mute, Zeneca, just so you know. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think the challenging aspects of it, a couple of things. One is um, figuring out what content is best suited for what outlet. Um, right. Yeah, like there's, there's so many different places. And I'm still sort of figuring that out as I go along because, you know, I have my YouTube channel now. I have a couple of different shows on there. I have my podcast and then I have one of my YouTube shows returning into a podcast and then I have my newsletter and then I have Twitter threads and then I have in Zen Academy Discord, I post content. Um, and it's about, and, and there's other stuff as well. It's about figuring out what where as well as what can be repurposed. So again, YouTube show which we're turning into a podcast. And we actually did it the other way around with Tubeboard Apes. We started the podcast and then we moved to recording them by video so we could also release them on YouTube. Um, I guess the difficult part is just juggling it all, like you know, and time management, and you know, trying not to get stretched too thin and too many different directions. And I think I certainly uh, am still trying to figure out what that perfect balance is. Um, but I feel a lot better now than I did say two months ago. Even though I feel like I'm producing more content now because I've just learned a bit better and spent some time on getting like systems in place and organizations and uh, organizational structures in place. Um, and I started delegating and, and I think learning to trust um, team members and like hiring people that you can trust. Like to begin with, I, I was really skeptical, not skeptical, but like reluctant to want to delegate because I'm like a perfectionist and like, well, I want I know exactly how it's going to, like I want it done. I, I can do it. Let me just, do it myself and then uh, not necessarily wanting to trust that someone else can do it. And, and that, like, it was just partially like a mental hurdle as well to go, you know, take that leap of faith and go, you know what, it's going to be okay. Uh, you can trust them. You brought them onto your team for a reason. Um, you don't need to micromanage. And yeah, it, it, leap of faith plus learning experience. And now it's just so clear and, and uh, clear as day that, you know, that's, the obvious way to go because they, they do things better than me. <laughs> it's, it's like I'm, I was trying to micromanage things. I don't have things done and, and not really realizing, well, yes, but they, they may have different and better skills and abilities in various areas for, from content creation to this, that, or the other, um, marketing and, and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, the difficult part was yeah, delegating and, and uh, juggling it all and, and all of that. And it's, it's a constant learning process that, I'm enjoying it, and I feel like it's uh, getting better over time. Yeah, I have to admit, hearing that, it's it's very comforting hearing that from you. Um, as somebody myself who runs several different shows, 
um, you know, almost daily creeps, uh, the, the all, all all of us radio, um, the podium show, the the conspiracy show, the uh, the the dope house with dope cats and stuff. Um, I I really felt you when it's determining what what's appropriate for which channel, and uh, also doing your best to kind of or organize all of that. And so what I did on my end is uh created one website. Uh, labeled it red legend studios and and just kind of place all of my content there and it was a lot of separating lines separating rss feeds um and doing all of that um but it was worth it you know what i mean in, in the end i i felt like i have created a a final product and, and and doing all that back-end work was worth it to really be able to demonstrate to all of these different pieces of work um, that that have created and produced, um, and and that are being able to be digested in a um, palatable, you know, uh, uh, portions. You know, um, so I absolutely understand where you're coming from, and it's comforting to know that uh, um, it, whether you're a small creator like myself or a large creator like you, it's it's going to be the same things um, all around. Now, you have developed. Uh, you're you're further, much further ahead than I am, and you you've developed such a strong, strong audience, um, and you understand understand the importance of audience and community engagement um, and and being able to have um, you know those who are kind enough to to support you um, to be able to um, not only enjoy the the content that you're creating but also the journey that you're you're taking with them um, so I'm curious to know you know we're, we're here really to kind of talk about um, the podium project and uh, and you know, what's going on with that. So with somebody who develops as much content as you do, how do you feel um, that projects like Podium can help content creators? Yeah, I mean, I think that just at its core, like all of the content that I'm creating and that basically everyone's creating, we're using the web through models and systems and infrastructures and, you know, we're trying to fit Web3 into it a little bit here and there, like, all right, I'll, we'll airdrop a token to some holders and, you know, uh, incorporate that into the Discord, which is totally Web2. Um, and I think the podium comes along and it's like, it's building from the ground up this, you know, a platform for creators to allow them to engage with their audience, um, have their audience sort of take part in the, maybe the upside of the content creator if they find someone that they really love that they can embrace them and um, be part of the journey in just like as more than just a fan or as more than just a, a listener or a watcher or whatever it might be. Um, and it's just, honestly, it's exciting. It, it's, it's the direction that we were inevitably going to move in um, with just everything becoming web through web three instead of web three. Um, and I think that, it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool what they're doing and, and they're just innovating, which is um, always something I love to see. Absolutely. And so for those who don't know, uh, Podium, their, their goal is to um, help uh, – audiences uh share in the revenue streams of their favorite content creators um and, and i think it's a really unique way of doing it um it takes the fiverr model um and blows it out of the water by allowing um uh, f folks like that are listening right now to be able to say i want to support this content creator i want to support zeneca um and uh and and for a podium to be able to 
um, create this ad space that's sold. Um, they they help find some of the the sponsors for that ad space, and then that revenue is shared between the content creator um, and the audiences who supported the the original NFT of that. Um, so I think it's a it's a really interesting uh, por portion of it. Now I'm sure you've had an opportunity to meet with the guys at Podium, and I'm curious to know um, what are some of the harder questions you might have had for them when you initially spoke with them. Well, that's a good question. Um, trying to think of, of what I did ask them. I, I think they, I mean, there was a decent amount of them asking me some things. Um, for them, I guess I wanted to know when it comes to like content creation. I was curious: are they like creating a YouTube themselves, or are they creating like just a a, a platform for people to interact with YouTube? Um, and you know, they, they said that very much to begin with and not trying to recreate and compete with YouTube, which I think is very smart. Obviously an enormous undertaking and not really even necessarily necessary right now, but um, they were just, yeah, creating this uh, platform, I guess, for creators to connect and, and, and uh, have the, I guess, fans like buy ad space, basically, or like buy, support the creator from an early stage. Um, in a way that is not realistically feasible or possible with traditional models. Um, yeah, I, I can't really think of any hard questions that I asked them or that, that nothing's coming to mind right now. Oh, that's awfully kind of you. Uh, I know a lot of folks have actually held their feet to the fire, which I've quite enjoyed, that little squirmish <laughs> squirm that they have. Uh, I, but, the, you know, to be very honest with you, uh, they've been able to answer every uh, question. I know that I came out with them uh, when I first met with them with like 10 to 15 to the, ten or fifteen questions to the point where I felt bad um, asking so many questions. But I was so impressed with the way that they were able to answer and deliver on on uh, every, every question that I had. Um, they had a response for and they were able to um they they were able to fully explain in detail what it was in the process that they that they had in place uh and as the more that i understood it the more impressed with it i became um and impressed with the project as a whole i i i thoroughly enjoyed um and so i was kind of wanting to know what do you what were some of the most impressive things that you kind of got um uh from the the podium project that, that they're putting together what stood out to you the most that was kind of like, this is something different than what other NFT projects are doing or what other um, content creator type platforms are doing? Yeah, well, I think just at its core level, they're, they're just doing something different and innovative. They're not another PFP project. They're not another uh, PCE uh, gaming project. It's, it's different. They're like solving for a problem that very few perhaps no one is really quite tackling yet. Or maybe there's one or two other projects doing slightly similar things. But as far as I'm aware, no one's quite tackling the, the, the uh, sort of from, from the angle of selling um, ad space. Uh, and I think that's just, honestly, it's interesting. And um, I'm always drawn in by something that's interesting and innovative and new and different. And um, as, as well, just sort of like the, the ideology behind it of being able to support content creators um, in an effort to sort of hopefully foster better content for everyone. Like there are people all around the world who are probably incredible content creators um, and probably would be some of the best in the world, except we may never see them because 
they can't afford um, the microphone or they can't afford to create um, content for five, ten hours a week because they have to work three jobs to support um, their family and all that kind of stuff. And if, if there was a way for them to get rewarded at an early stage before they had, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of followers, um, it, it just seems like it's going to unlock this talent um, and, and creativity in the world, which, again, is what Web3 is truly all about. I love it, bro. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, well, before I do it, Podium, was there any, was there anything you wanted to add um, before I move along, Bilal or anybody on the team? Uh, no, I think that that pretty much sums it up, I guess. So yeah, it's a marketplace to forward sell uh, tokenized ad spots, so the creators can leverage and and kind of take their fan base and their audience with them on on their journey. Uh, so I think both of you did a did a great job at, at summarizing that. I love it. So before I open up the floor to, for questions, Zeneca, was there anything else that you wanted to add, something I didn't cover right away or uh, anything that I might have missed? Um, no, I don't think so. We covered, we covered quite a lot. I'm happy to open it up to questions. Beautiful, man. So um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with uh, just going in the row in the direction of, of what I see. Um, I'm going to go ahead and answer S17 Meta. Um, S17 Meta, welcome. I'm adding you as a speaker. How are you doing tonight? You're on mute, by the way. S17, you're on mute. Thank you. Hey, how's it going today? Uh, you know, I'm in Los Angeles right now, and it's not possible. Like, uh, I'm so sorry, my man. You you are getting rugged left and right. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's try it one more time, bro. What, what do you got for us? Yeah. Hello, hello, Zanny. I'm, uh, I cannot wait the course this uh, uh, 10, April 10. I'm going to the course of uh, Zeneca and Zeneca. Awesome. So April 10th, you're going to jump into the Zeneca course. Yes. Yes, I am so excited. And uh, uh, I have experience to the NFT project. I think the market is going to deeply what happened in that, that market and they are waiting for the real value that is why it is difficult to launch something very 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 hard. okay so you were breaking up a lot there but what i understood is that you have experience in the nft world but um what you think is that it's difficult for folks to kind of that are new coming in um, to be able to grasp and get the information that they need to move forward. Did, did I understand that correctly? Yes, exactly. Excellent. Yeah, man. And I'm sure, pretty sure, um, you know, Zeneca has been around the block, you know, he's definitely going to be able to, um, show folks how that that's going to get done, um, has built an amazing platform on his own. And, uh, I'm really excited for you for the 10th. Um, I feel like I'm winning just hearing you, uh, getting excited about it. 
Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited for you to take the course as yeah. well. And uh, I, I agree that it's difficult for newcomers to navigate the space. It's just difficult. Um, the learning slope is steep. And hopefully that, you know, the course and Zen Academy will help soften that slope a little bit. Um, as well as, you know, there's tons of other great content out there, which is really great to see. But yeah, excited for you to take the course as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. You too, buddy. So next up, I'm going to bring up Didi. Let's see here. What's up, Didi? How are you doing in the world? Didi is connecting. What's up, Didi? How are you? Didi, Didi. Hey, guys. Hey, can you hear me? Hey. Yes. Yeah, hi, hi, Zeneca. Uh, yeah, great listening to you speak. Um, I was just wondering, I, I'm really interested in the Zen Academy and was wondering if you see any way we could partner up with, with our platform for, for the Academy. Uh, what, what is your platform exactly? So uh, we're building a Web 3.0 super platform. Uh, we're going to be a multi-chain um, platform essentially for to expand the use cases for NFTs. So not to be overshilling to essentially take over this podcast, but it'd be cool if you could check out our website. It's on this Twitter. Um, and perhaps if, if you could drop a DM, I'll drop you a DM and we can talk on that. Yeah, sure. I'll give it a look uh, after, after the space. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for, thank you guys. Awesome, Didi. Seneca over here making dreams happen. <laughs> Pixel Monkey. Bringing Pixel Monkey up. Pixel Monkey. Pixel Monkey's connecting. It's going little by little. Hey, what's up, Pixel Monkey? How are you doing today? Hey, you're on mute. There was an open ten, like five to ten seconds whenever when you joined. Yeah. Pixel Monkey, you're on mute, by the way, just so you know. There you go, Brody. Now, now you're not on mute, but we can't hear you. And now Pixel Monkey's gone. I think you got rugged. Aw. Oh, dear. Oh, that is one of the issues with this space, man. Constantly getting rugged. Man. Yeah. It doesn't, and it seems like it doesn't matter if it's Twitter or Discord, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, the floor is open. If anybody has any questions or, or wants to ask Zeneca a question, wants to ask, um, you know, the folks at Podium a question, feel free to jump up. Um, I'm bringing up uh, Zalt Riz. Wait, Zalt Riz. Zalt Riz. I hope I said your name correctly. How are you doing today? You're on mute. Um, it is. Zalt Rise. Zalt Rise. Okay, got you. means to constantly thrive. And yes, been in the space about 13 months, about the same time as in it, huh? Very cool. So you've been in the space for 13 months. That's awesome. And did you, did you have... I just would like to understand 
How is the future airspace valuable, though? What would you, I guess, so with it, with it, you have to monitor that you have, so wouldn't the value of the airspace be supposedly based on the potential of the swimmer? Very. So it essentially be like some sort of future market? Very good question. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great question and that's a great observation. So as the reach and, and impact of the creator grows, so does the value of that ad space. So that ad space uh, is, is intrinsically tied to the creator. So, for example, if you got in early on Lorelord, right, um, you know, before before I reached Zeneca status, right, um, and, and you know, collectively we held this ad space for uh, $1,000, but in six months, um, now that ad space is worth $2,000, right? Um, and so now with that extra $1,000, a portion would come to me and then another portion would be uh, spread out amongst those who um who who participated in that ad original ad space purchase so they would be sharing in that additional revenue that that comes through um every month from these from these ad spaces and then as time goes on and and i and i finally reach uh that that zeneca level um uh, of of influence and 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 audience um then that ad space would be worth uh, relatively more um and so with that being said you know uh it would be paying off in in, in dividends and, and i believe from what Bilal and, and has told me and um kind of got it stuck in my head is that uh um it, it, as long as content creators continue to produce and stay consistent and um stay true to their craft then what what ends up happening is that their um uh, their growth potential just continues to rise um and so it, it, if you if you're somebody a content creator that's committed to it um and wants to you know constantly build on it and, and is constantly producing things um then the larger that your audience grows and as, as your audience grows so does um, the the cost of, of uh, advertisers um, being able to reach that audience Bilal do I have that generally correct that's absolutely right the data shows the trends is that content creators only tend to grow in size obviously there are exceptions um, certain people that are somewhat offensive or, or do something uh, to kind of warrant that decrease but overall it's it's just an upwards trajectory in terms of uh, reach for, for creators which is a great phenomenon to see it's just wild to think about actually <laughs> you, you, you're telling me bro um it's, i'm saying you're, tough. <laughs> you're telling me that yeah, telling it's tough only. <laughs> they're telling me this and so um they've got it in my head and i believe them so i'm just uh um i keep pushing through man um i'm bringing up eddie money's eddie money's the homie what's up eddie eddie you're on speaker oh, yeah, i apologize you're on mute homie hey what's up guys? can you hear me yes sir all right don't, don't want to get rugged um How's it going? Um, hey, Zeneca. I always listen to the Carly Riley podcast uh, with the moments of Zeneca. And I think, like, I think that was like, probably one of my first NFT podcasts I listened to with you and her on it. Um, my question was in regards to uh, you two. You guys, you, guys are been, you guys have been, like, a really cool duo. And I was just wondering if you guys plan on doing any, like, live spaces or 
um, live shows in LA or maybe even getting further into the NFT space with her? That's a great question, actually. Um, we have not really talked about it or, or considered anything yet. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely open to it. And I think that she really loves creating content and, and doing things and, and um, is open to live events and stuff. So uh, perhaps at some point we will. But um, I know she has a bunch of other content stuff planned. And I also have, like, my my podcast and, and other stuff going. But, yeah, look. Yeah, why not? One day. <laughs> we'll probably do something at some point, but it's nothing that we've actively discussed or, or spoken about. And Eddie, I love yeah. the idea of live podcasts, like at a, at a, you know, doing it in front of a live audience and stuff like that. Um, if that's the route you're talking about going, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I caught like the financial bug this year or maybe last year, maybe it was 2020 actually, caught the financial bug. It started surfing through all the podcasts obviously found Zeneca's and then when it comes to NFT podcast, there's not really, there's not much out there, but, uh, Zeneca does like this, uh, moment, moments with Zen with, uh, Carly Riley on, um, on the overpriced JPEGs podcast. So yeah, that's, I'm definitely, uh, definitely familiar with them and yeah, Lord, Lord, you too, bro. Live podcast or something in LA. That'd be sick. That'd be sick guys. Let's make it happen, bro. Um, let's see what we got here. We got, I want to make sure that I say these names correctly. Nao Kondo. Hi, this is Nao. Nice meeting you. Nao Kondo. How, yes, how are you doing today? Cool. I just found this this space because my my friend is listening to, so I I actually didn't know you guys until I started listening. Now I'm turning to the fun. So thank you. So I have a question about building a fan community on Twitter or something because the because the talk about. That you have grown your audience by um, by posting about uh, our meaningful and knowledgeable and informational tweets all the day. Uh, because, but in my case, I am an artist. I'm going to build my own NFT collection. That is my actually that is my my profile picture. The the Labis Dark style stuff. So in uh, how about about in case of artists people like who has their own artistic and the creation i think it might be different from the people who sharing some information like you so what is your opinion for building some fans and community for the uh, as an artist yeah that's a great question um i, I agree i think it is different to sort of what i've done and, and people in my position do i think for artists, I, I generally recommend, I still think it comes down to um, trying to provide something of value, but also sort of networking and trying to reach out to others that might be interested in the same thing. So um, there, there's tons of NFT artists on Twitter and Discord and in the community now, and generally trying to network with them and get to know them better, um, as well as just sharing your art and, and just honestly just sharing your art as much as possible, um, you will find people who like it and appreciate it and are interested by it and want to know more about you, the artist, as well as other work that you've done and what you might have coming out. And it's, mm. it's a similar thing. It's, it's, it's like a grind for sure, but um, it's, it's definitely 
it's worth doing, I think. And now cool. what, I, what, I would add, mm-hmm. what I would add to that is that um, it's probably super important that you conduct and host your own Twitter spaces regularly, that you network mm. with other projects so that you can um, get on their Twitter spaces. And, and I don't mean just jumping onto random Twitter spaces and shilling. I mean reaching out to projects and seeing if you can be um, uh, featured and, and, and kind of have a discussion with them and um, about what it is that you're trying to produce. The other big portion of it is that whatever you do when building your community, you want to make sure that it's 100% organic. Um, you don't really mm. want to go for like page shilling or paying for influencers or things like that uh, uh, because those are all superficial and, and they, they, they're not long lasting. Um, and so for somebody like you that's trying to really build a solid foundation and a, and a solid community, um, you know, to get folks to rally around this project that you're building, um, then it's it's super important that you um, that you that you do things all things organically. So I would I would strongly recommend uh, looking at some of your favorite projects or or, or projects that are relative to your your size um, and and reaching out to them and, and possibly having them come on as guests if they're not running their own spaces, having them come on as guests and 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 talking to them um, about their community and and that gives you an opportunity to be able to interview them and to find out what has worked and what hasn't worked for them. And through that, you'll build your own um, um, system of, of, of things by learning through uh, other people's successes and failures. So that's just some advice. Cool. Thank you so much. I have been thinking about having, uh, think, feeling like nervous having a free space. That sounds really makes sense to me. So, yeah. So if you, if, if there is some speaker in here who is right to, collaborate with me or can I contact with me please me me, or eventually want to grow up together by learning the academy I think yeah you're free to reach out to me anytime like I I mean I'm I'm pretty accessible yeah absolutely cool thank you I that's what I gotta just join the academy and you're following your you Twitter and eventually I think I can have something with my network because I'm Japanese in US. So I have some connection in Japanese community. I love it. Perfect. Awesome. Very nice meeting you. Thank you for taking time for me. Absolutely. Stay awesome now. Thank you. And I'm going to bring up Wayne. Wayne has been patiently waiting. What's up, Wayne? How are you okay, doing today? Great, great. Hey, not bad. Is it, is it me that's speaking? Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I have a few questions for Podium. Uh, one, first, is about the uh, tokenomics. So understand that when we state the uh, Genesis NFTs, we earn pods, right? But, but then for the uh, content creators, do they receive their, um, their, um, their, their money in pods and then they have to convert it into fiat to invest in their equipment? Or like, do they re- was there like a dual a token system going on that where they receive it as a stable coin? Yeah, that's a great question. So all the purchases, sales, and, and rentals on the platform of AdSpaces will be done using pods. Uh, so creators will then receive it in, in pod. Uh, Podium will be built on a layer two solution so they can easily convert into a fiat or a stable coin for uh, very little to no gas fees, essentially. Okay. Oh, so they will be um, 
well, you guys will be providing the equipment for these uh, creators, or they have to purchase those equipments themselves. No, they, they, they would decide how to allocate the funds that they get from the uh, ad space rentals, right? They can use it to buy equipment or they can use it to just put food on the table and focus on content creation. Uh, so it's, it's up to their discretion. Okay, okay. So, so there will only be one token that's going to be utilized in the entire uh, platform? Yes, that's right. exactly. Okay, so what happens when the pop prices uh, fluctuate? Like, um, does that mean like the content creator, they have to like figure out when to sell it, to convert to so, fiat to buy there? Th that's yeah. a great question. So when coming up with the tokenomics, we worked with the mm -hmm. assumption that content creators will instantly sell uh, pod to yeah. use those funds uh, in fiat, essentially. Uh, so that's taken into account with the construction of, of the tokenomics and, and how this will all work. Okay, and what will be the incentive to purchase pod to drive up the price? So uh, there's going to be a few incentives. We're actually releasing the uh, light paper later this this weekend. Um, and all transactions on the platform need to be done using pod. So there, you, you cannot rent or purchase an ad space without using pod. Okay. So that'll, that'll be the main incentive there. And then there are secondary incentives in terms of staking and, and Genesis NFT and so on that'll be outlined. Okay, perfect. Awesome. And then uh, another question, uh, probably last question. Uh, for the content creator, right? Um, are they, is, it, is it on like any platform that they choose to uh, create content on? Like YouTube, uh, Twitter, and like, um, I don't know, uh, Instagram, TikTok? Yeah, or is it only on the platform that Podium provides? That's a great question. So Podium doesn't provide a platform to create your content. Uh, it's a marketplace, at least initially, right? Uh, and the creator can set the parameters to whatever platform they want. So if they want the ad space to be on YouTube, right, then that's set for, for that specific ad space. If they want it to be on a post on Instagram or a story on Instagram, uh, a podcast on Spotify, they can determine the platform and, and other parameters for that specific ad space. So we're, we're really okay. platform agnostic here. Okay, and will there be a revenue reporting system for these content creators? Uh, or And will there be an audit done by Podium to make sure they're reporting the proper earnings from these platforms? Yeah, so the uh, the rentals themselves of the ad spaces will all be done on the platform. So the smart contracts and the code essentially will then direct the funds that are for the backers of those creators directly and the rest uh, to uh, the creators. So you can even kind of circumvent that step by having all the transactions done on platform. Oh, okay. But but let's say, uh, for example, let's say if they uh, decide to do their uh, content on YouTube and then they, yep. they have some, like, um, I don't know, some sponsorships or something. And then mm -hmm. how do, how will you guys keep track of how much money they receive from the sponsorship? Uh, yeah, so the sponsorship will be paid through the platform, essentially. Right? When, oh, when the, okay. the sponsor yeah. rents the ad space, they'll do it through the platform. There'll be a a great portal UI for communication between the advertiser and the content creator, and then the payment will be on platform as well. Okay, okay. And if YouTube pays them, uh, will it go through the platform as well? Or Sorry? Oh, no. So this uh, is specifically yeah. for, for like, uh, if you're on YouTube, I'm sure you know the videos where it's like, this video is sponsored by Squarespace, and they talk about Squarespace right. a little bit. YouTube doesn't get right. any of that revenue. All that revenue goes to the creator. Now, in, mm -hmm. on the platform, once they're paid, they'll be paid on, on Podium. 
and the funds that are owed to the backers will be automatically transferred to the backers and those that are owed to the creator to the creators. So uh, backers won't get any of the other ad revenue uh, for like the embedded ads that, that some creators get. It will be very specific to the ad space. So 30 oh, second okay. sponsorship in video, yeah. uh, one minute in a podcast at the beginning and so on and so forth. So uh, the, the revenue will be very specific to uh, certain parameters uh, on that ad space. Okay, okay. So the backers will only have access to the revenue generated from the uh, sponsor that decides to go through Podium. Exactly. If if Zenek is a content creator, for example, and I back him uh, for a YouTube ad space, if he decides to advertise on Instagram, I have no right to, to that revenue because I don't own the, the rights for the Instagram ad space, right? But for right. YouTube, okay. that's where we, we would share the revenue. Um, and he can okay. go and decide he wants to do multiple ad spaces, right? One for YouTube, one for Instagram posts. And Zeneca, sorry, I'm using you as an example here, but uh, <laughs> those, those types of things. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Those are great questions. Right. Thank you. Awesome. We got a uh, plushy John joining us. Plushy John. I know it's going to take a second to connect. Great answers, Bilal. You're killing it, bro. Appreciate you. Plushy, hey. how's it going? Hey, hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, okay, thank you for having me. Um, uh, firstly, I want to say sorry for my English because I'm not native, but I'll try my best. So, um, Never apologize being... for that, by the way. You're, you're killing it. Don't ever worry about that. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Uh, so, uh, actually, I can say that I'm pretty new to NFTs. I'm uh, like here for a few months, and uh, here a month lasts four years in uh, real life. So, um, but at the same time, I'm not so successful in minting or earning some wheels and uh, something else. So, I'm uh, stuck in the middle of uh, knowing nothing and knowing something. And uh, I have also not enough liquidity to put it into my education. Uh, that's why I just um, have a question and uh, a lot of thoughts about how to, how can I move to the next step. And my question is actually to you all guys, uh, what uh, situation in your life um, give you a realization that you made it, that you uh, finally stepped into Web3 and uh, you will um, be here uh, in future. Like we all heard Zeneca's story about Bayak and Sam. And uh, also I want to uh, say thank you to him because I am in uh, Zen Academy in read-only mode and I reach uh, uh, a lot of useful information here. Um, uh, so that's it. What uh, was your um, life-changing moment? Because I heard this is that in NFTs, um, one hour or one day or one week could uh, change everything. So I can't answer for Zeneca. I'll let, definitely let Zeneca answer for himself. But for me, uh, my moment hasn't happened yet. Um, my 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 moment is coming. I believe um, when I drop this NFT. Um, it's going to be a small amount. It's only 777 at 0 0.07. But when I drop that, if it sells out, um, that will be my moment. That will be my life changing. This is what I do now. 
Um, and uh, I will use those funds to support me that, you know, um, it'll, it'll be a pay cut from what I currently get, but it will pay gas, water, electric, um, you know, uh, rent, car payments, insurance, that type of stuff for a full year, um, and which will allow me the peace of mind to be able to pursue this and, and to hopefully be able to add more and build upon. Um, but that will be my life-changing moment is when, when that NFT sells out and uh, I have the ability to, um, to focus on this full-time. Um, uh, I'm sure Zeneca has already probably reached that moment and th- I believe this is all he focuses on right now. So um, I'd love to hear what his moment was. Yeah, it's a tough question to answer. Because um, when you look back, it's—I I, kind of want to say when I first heard about NFTs, because that changed my life. But then when I first heard about NFTs, I thought they were a scam. <laughs> so maybe when I first read an article that made me realize NFTs are not a scam, that changed my life. Um, it, it's really difficult to say, but I think let's see. Maybe when. Um, so there's this NFT project called Zedron. They've been around for literally years, but they were sort of pretty, pretty popular back in uh, like March, April, May last year. Um, and what what it is, it's like a horse racing platform. You could you can buy horses and race them. And I got in on one of the drops, I think early April, and I got uh, lucky to a get a horse because it was difficult to even you know get a horse during those drops. And then B, one of my horses, I got, I got like, I think two or three, and one of them was very just good at racing. And I would enter into races, and it was earn money. Um, and I was just like, wow, like, this is NFTs actually earning me money. And uh, it was sort of at that point that I was like, I basically stopped playing poker, which is what I was doing before. Uh, I had still been playing a little bit up until that point. But then I was like, well, why don't I just race this horse all day, every day? and just be in the NFT space. And yeah, that was certainly a moment. And basically ever since then, I've, I've not looked back and it's been all NFTs all day, every day. And adding to that moment there, what I would say is that today, um, today plushie uh, was a pretty extraordinary moment for me. Um, uh, I had been with this project Dope Cats for a while. Um, today it, it, you know, it really pumped once the, it was a Solana project, but once it got onto, um, open sea, um, I mean, it, it, it pumped really hard. Uh, I was able to sell a few of those. I still hold, but, uh, I was able to sell a few of them. And, and today I was able to pay off my daughter's college tuition, um, for this semester. Um, so that was, that was pretty much, uh, one of the moments where I was like, this is, this is something that is possible. Um, it, 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 the, generating some type of income is absolutely possible in this space. Um, so I don't know. That that was a moment for me today. Oh, uh, and podium. <laughs> oh man, that's a great question. So for for me, Bilal or, or back time, I don't think it was one moment. Uh, it was a similar journey where I was very skeptical at the start. And then I just got on Twitter and I got on Discord and I started like looking at this properly, right? Because I'd studied the, the fundamentals of a blockchain in college and I'd built out kind of this sample blockchain. Uh, but I was trying to figure out what 
NFTs are all about. And this is this is not too long ago, honestly. It's, it's sometime maybe back in August uh, last year. And just day after day of being on Twitter and being on Discord, I suddenly found myself just spending all my time doing that. And I think the one thing that really convinced me was the community that's built, uh, the solidarity that's there, the, the actual genuine interest and care that, that people build and the relationships that you form um, and the innovation and, and the, the the genius that is in the space, that is in people uh, who maybe didn't have the opportunities before, if you're talking about artists or, or other creators. Uh, so just kind of that democratization is, is really what convinced me uh, on, on Web3, honestly. Oh, uh-huh. I, I got your answers, and I'm really thankful for uh, you sharing your stories. Because uh, it's always interesting to learn some and uh, listen stories uh, of people, people's wins, people losses, and uh, uh, moments like that. And uh, I want to say say thank you to you again. And uh, I glad to hear your Lord Lord, Lord wins today's today's wins. I mean, and uh, I hope you will going better in future. Um, thank you. Thank you, Plushy, man. I appreciate that so much. Man. Um, dude, uh, Zeneca Podium, is there anything else that you guys want to add? Just uh, one more time reiterating, the Mint is next Friday, 5 p.m. EST for Whitelist. That'll be 48 hours, and then we're having the uh, public sale right after. Uh, so super excited about that. Uh, come join in our Discord. Um and a huge thanks to, to Laura Lord. I know you've been feeling under the weather, but we couldn't even tell. I mean, you you always outperform yourself. And, and Zeneca, thank you for, for helping on. Uh, it's it's really cool hearing your story and, and your experience and always learning from you. No, thank you for having me. Honestly, thank you um, to Podium and to Laura Lord for hosting and just being an excellent host. Uh, and to everyone to, who tuned in and, and asked questions or listened in, it's just been wonderful chatting and sharing the space with you all. Awesome, man. Ladies and gentlemen, get pumped up. Get ready next Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Podium NFT kicks off. You will be able to help support your favorite content creators and share in their revenue as they grow along the way. Um, that's going to wrap it up us it up for us tonight. Um, I want to thank everybody in the audience for tuning in and joining us. Zeneca, you're an absolute freaking legend. Um, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to come and speak with us. Podium, as always, you guys know I got your back, man. COVID's not going to stop me. I'm here to win it. And uh, I appreciate you so much for allowing me um, to be the voice of these spaces. I'm very, very thankful. And until next week, uh, stay awesome, everyone.